Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today on this Friday, wherever you guys are. I want to encourage you today. This is Meet My Friend Friday. You guys know I love to have patriots on the show, people that are off the bench and onto the battlefield. And recently I was scanning Instagram. You guys know I have a love-hate relationship with social media, mostly hate, a little bit of love. But I was on there a couple weeks ago and I saw a video that both alarmed and intrigued me. A father whose name is Ben Edel was sitting with his son in their car and they were talking about his young son's day at school and what he had been exposed to. And I was fascinated by the story because I hear these stories all the time. I reached out to him on social media and Ben is joining me in the studio today. This is going to be a great conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. So before we get started, want to remind you, I'm coming up on the end of my study for women called uh, Irreplaceable. And if those of you who have been joining me for the last two months know, I believe in unique roles for male and female. Turns out we're different. And so we've spent the last two months talking about what it means to be a mother and how we can love on our kids, body, soul, mind, and spirit. Next month, we're going to dive into the book of Genesis. So that's going to be a two-month study. And that study is called Supernatural, Having a Creator Changes Everything. Listen, you guys, the questions that people are asking right now, where did I come from? Where am I going? Are there really just two genders? These questions are actually answered in the first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, actually in the first 11 chapters. So I'm going to take you guys through the first 11 chapters of Genesis. That study is open to anyone who wants to join. So check it out. It's called Supernatural, Having a Creator Changes Everything. And I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes today. I am in Round Rock, Texas right now. And if you guys want to come out and see me, you can follow me at the Teach Them Diligently convention. I will be there all weekend. Next weekend, I'll be in Williamstown, Kentucky, keynoting for the Answers for Women conference at the ARC Encounter for my friends at Answers in Genesis. So you guys can check that out at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Well, I'm really excited to have a new friend in the studio with me today. Ben Edel is here. Ben is a father with kids in the public school system. He also ran for office. There's so many things I want to talk to him about, and I'm just thrilled to have him here today. Welcome, Ben, to the studio. Thank you for having me, Heidi. It's an honor. I'm glad that you're here. So let's jump right into this because uh, I love your story and I love your passion. It really came through on your Instagram feed. And I'm going to link back to your, uh, your profile so people can follow you. Please do. Uh, this firecracker dad from Tualatin, right? It's Tualatin, yeah, Oregon? D- South Portland Metro. Yep. All right. So Portland's on fire and you're just a little bit away from the uh, perimeter of where the, the burn is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Portland is on fire. Portland's on fire. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to know a little bit about you. So before we started, you said that in 2020, you're a business owner, small business owner, kind of sleeping at the wheel, at least politically. Tell me a little bit about that. Hundred percent. So I, I I've been in, involved in politics. I've been a, a, a Republican, registered Republican since 1996, which was the first year I could vote. Right on. Now I was raised and born and raised in the inner city of Portland, and um and I went to Benson High School and some of these. Boy, that is the inner city. It is the inner. You're of not inner. joking. You're in the belly of the beast, <laughs> it, right there. Yeah, I was the only white kid on my basketball I team. I was the only white kid in the football. Listen, can the, white you know, can white boys jump? I really want no, to know. No, no, I was, the, I was the worst jumper, but I was <laughs> tall and I could, you know, I did other other things. But <laughs> but no, I'll tell you, it, it, I, I am from the inner city and, and it shaped my life. It shaped my perspective. Okay, so yeah. 
um, in 2020. Um, and I did some work in, in politics in my 20s. I was, a, I was one of the four members of the Multnomah County Young Republicans. And the Multnomah County is Portland's um, county. And, uh, uh, and so there was very few of us back then, but, uh, I was one of the members, vice chair actually. Wow. So, and then I disappeared, right? I went to living my life, um, starting businesses and, and started my entrepreneurial career in my twenties. And, um, in 2020. So did you avoid woke university then? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm if, a terrible if you, student. <laughs> if you would have gone, I kind of wonder, yeah. I mean, I think this is a good question. Obviously we don't have to explore it today, but I feel like 80% of the kids that are on these college campuses don't need to be there. Right. Yeah. And so whatever leftist ideology, the schools start when you're in elementary school and high school, mm -hmm. they seal the deal and finish it when you're in college and mm -hmm. then you come out and you're so open minded, your brains fall out somewhere along the way. They did. But it sounds like you avoided that. I did. You know, what really bothered me about school, not just sitting in the chair for all that time and doing what the teacher asked me to do, because right? those two things were really hard for me always. <laughs> but it was the bells. Right. And, and when the bells rang, we all got up and we responded to those bells. And I remember, I remember being in ninth grade, a freshman at Benson, and I stopped in the middle of passing time with thousands of kids going back and forth through the halls, making all this noise and going to their next class, doing the thing that the bell said they could do. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I stopped and I went, oh, my God, we're being indoctrinated. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it back then. And so I made it to 10th grade. And, um, at 10th grade, I, I, I was, um, I dropped out, but I got myself kicked out. I was a troublemaker. So, and I'm still a troublemaker today, but I, I got in trouble. I did go back and finish my diploma when I was in my, uh, when I was 20 and I did some college and then I said, man, I hate this. I, I don't like school. So I, I, I stopped and I started my first business when in my early twenties. It's so interesting that you say that because there's a, there's a whole John Taylor Gatto wrote a book, you know, mm -hmm. called Dumbing Us Down. And just yep. last week I read an article of his called I Quit, I think. So remember, he was the New York Teacher of the Year. Yeah. And in that article, he said, I don't want to teach in the public schools anymore. And one of the things he hated the most was the bells. He said, We are teaching our kids to be Crazy. animals. We're teaching them, yeah. you know, stand up when the bell rings. We go this way for, you know, it's it's like in the Rona. Remember mm -hmm. in the supermarkets and they put those stupid arrows mm -hmm. in the in the mm -hmm. grocery store aisles. Which I would never stand Me by. Me <laughs> either. I know. And I'm like, listen, I'm not doing your six foot thing. And if your arrows go left, I'm going right, whichever yep. is the opposite of it. But we've we haven't taught our kids to think. No. We, we're not, they're not critical thinkers anymore. Well, I'm sure we've taught our kids to think. Yeah. Well, but as a right. society, we're not, right? right? And and that's what I did is I thought. And and I thought outside the system, I could always see outside the bubble, mm -hmm. right? And most Americans, what, what they don't understand is they're living in a bubble. See, yep. God has a, has a universe that God created, right? And those rules, as harsh as some they of them are. They govern the universe. They govern the universe. Yeah. If you, for example, let's say you're a, a cheetah and you're hungry. What do you do? You use the means that God gave you to kill your prey and eat it. And that's how you survive. God's universe is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's for, it's for people to recognize their strengths and, and abilities and gifts to use that to survive. And there's always, it's, this is just the universe. It's by observation. There's mm -hmm. always kind of a winner and a loser in a lot of ways. Right. And we can, we can, we can step back from that and we can think, um, we can realize we're spiritual beings and we can do that for moments at a time, but we also have to survive. Okay. And so God designed it that way for, for a reason, I think, right. So to, for growth, right. For mm -hmm. spiritual growth and all these other things, there's a lot of things we can, we can, we can see. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, our government is the creator of a bubble. 
and, and we live in it. And most Americans think a lot of things that just aren't true, right? They think that they own their house. They think that they own their land, but they don't own their land because as soon as someone stronger than them decides they want it, they will come and take it. And I experienced that in 2020. I experienced that awakening, right? I was asleep and I woke up in 2020 because in 2020, I had got myself in 2018 into the coffee business in Portland, right? It was a thing to do, but, it, but really it was, it was a God thing that got put together for me because um, I was working through some spiritual stuff at the time. And at the very time that I had got this Wairika moment about being fearless and living my life without fear, was I really ready? This was my spiritual quest at the time. And I'm working with my, one of my spiritual guides and, and he said, are you ready to live without fear? And I remember being on the phone with him because he's in California and, and I said, I'm ready. I'm totally ready. And then um, it was a matter of time where I took over a business that was bankrupt. It was, it was there and, 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 and I took it over and I turned it around and um, we went from a 1,200 square foot specialty coffee roastery to a 5,000 square foot specialty coffee roastery in two years. We acquired uh, 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 bankrupt cafes that had long um, uh, histories in Portland and Portland's a coffee town. Okay. Oh, we is. have more roasteries oh, yeah. than any right. other city in the world, <laughs> right. right? Coffee roasteries. So, right. so, um, so I'm in well, this thing. That marijuana dispensary. Yeah. Come now on, it's I mean. marijuana. Back then, <laughs> 2018, I don't yeah, know. I wasn't no. even, I don't think it was illegal, but, but I came in from outside, which I always do as an entrepreneur. I come in from the outside. Okay. I come in from the outside and I see this, I see it very clearly what the problems are, what the solutions are, what's going on. Um, and, and so I came into that industry from the outside and took it kind of by storm. And so I had a lot of people in the coffee business who didn't like me. So like, this dude comes in here and he's doing all this already. We're wholesaling coffee from Portland to Las Vegas. Um, things are really, are, are going very well. We're also very cash strapped because I'm aggressive and I'm throwing all our money back into this business, back mm -hmm. into this business. Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, God, we're cash strapped. And I'm like, we are, but we're asset strong and that's key. So, so we're, we're coming in. We didn't have the money to, to just come in and fix the problems with a million dollars, okay? Right, it was right. all smarts and, and hard work and, 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 and risk, okay? And we took that risk and then 2020 happened and that, we were following COVID, right? I was like, well, this is COVID thing, right? I'm following it. It was Lake Oswego. It was a South Portland uh, um, suburb, a very affluent suburb, right next to the suburb of South Portland that I live in and uh, where the first COVID case happened. And it was at Lake Oswego, it was at Lake Oswego High School. It was a janitor that, that received it. And there was, they, they said on the news, there was no way that this guy was, was, had gone and been exposed to COVID. And so they, it was like a community um, outbreak is what they called it. Remember that? Yep. And, and so you, you could just spontaneously get COVID, okay? <laughs> and so and spontaneously using combust. those really accurate PCR tests. Sorry, I don't want to get you <laughs> no. shadow banned again. But, but um, what happened was is that eight people in the state of Oregon had died from COVID-19 when they ran the first lockdown. Eight. And every single one of those individuals who died, and bless their souls, they were over the age of 85. And so I thought, why if eight people out of a state of 4.2 million people, right, right. eight die and they're over 85, they're going to die anyway. Right. And, and, and not, I mean, not to, you know, belittle, it's just the well, truth. I mean, they should be talking about the statistics of people that die from the flu every year. I mean, every More people year, die from thousands the flu. of people die from the flu. They don't shutter the country. Exactly. Yeah. Something was wrong. Something was really wrong. And then they said people can't come into cafes. And, and because it's dangerous and not one person had contracted COVID from a cafe. Okay. Not right. one. And so I, I, I thought I, I became very terrified. Okay. Very terrified, very full of fear. Okay. Remember I took this business on because I was working through something that where I was going to live life without fear, but I was like, what in the <laughs> heck is going on here right now? Yeah. Okay. And as I, as I th thought to myself, no, I'm going to let people come in. 
right? I answer to God. I don't answer to, to, to Kate Brown. Okay. Right. I don't do that. The governor of Oregon at the time, I don't answer to her. Right. And so what I a let wicked people. Wicked human being wicked. she is, too. Yeah. They're very wicked people. Yeah, this is are. evil. This is a, this, politics is spirituality demonstrated. Okay. Ooh, so I know. So, 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 <laughs> so you, you can, I have people on, on, on my Instagram going, well, you can't, why do the Republicans try to legislate morality? And I'm like, listen, telling, telling, making it legal for someone to conceal the birth of a newborn to conceal the fact if they murdered the newborn after birth or if it was stillbirth, that's legislation getting passed right now in the state of Oregon. Oh. That is post-birth abortion yeah, that they're murder. decriminalizing. And I'm like, that's morality. That is a question of morality. Yeah. Okay. And so all legislation is morality. All legislation is morality. And we do that from the bench every single day. We decide that stealing is wrong. That's a moral issue. That's right. We decide that vandalism is wrong. Vandalism is wrong. These are moral issues. And when people say, well, you're legislating morality, what they want, what they really mean is we don't want you to legislate for a moral position that violates my sense of what's right and wrong. That's really what they're saying has nothing to do with whether or not they think we should be legislating morality because we can all agree that's what the law is for. That's right. And, and, and the issues of abortion, particularly in these kind of issues, it's not they're not legislating morality on the mom or the dad. They're legislating the morality on the person who's going to be born. Right, right. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. got nothing to do with mom's yeah. issues or dad's issues. Right. It's that third person. Yeah. It's yeah. not your body. It's someone else's body. Yeah. And so these are the these are the, the the this is the philosophy right that we're working with on on that issue alone. What the state today said that business, that's my business, and you can't open it to people. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason you can is because I said so, and that's how it works. So I realized real quick that they're more powerful than me. But they came down on me hard. But I didn't even realize this too. When you employ baristas in the city of Portland, all have college degrees that are all in their twenties. Yeah. Because they can't get a job in their career of, of study, right? Right, right. Well, know, because not everyone can get hired when you major in lesbian <laughs> dance theory. <laughs> it's very true. And I didn't care if they had a degree. I'm like, are you a good Bristol? You show up on time, right? And and so um and that because I didn't ask anybody, I didn't yeah, care, yeah. right? So what I what I did realize though, when I let people come into the cafes and break the rules of the state's uh, mandates, uh, was that I employed a lot of leftists. In yes. fact, everyone I employed was a leftist. How and exciting for you. It was very exciting. I had no idea what cancel <laughs> was, but I got canceled. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I went through that, right? And so, uh, so yeah. did your employees then turn you in? Your employees yeah. turned on you? Yeah. So they you turned on me. So, they said I was a racist and a homophobe for so, letting people have lattes. And I would come back out and I would say, uh, so far, no one's died from our lattes. You can come in. We're one of the only cafes open right now. And people would come in from all across the city and get lattes. And, uh, but, but, but then it changed. And so you it basically went to, employed Antifa. I did. Yeah. I, and I knew it. I confirmed it after George Floyd, see? Yeah. So after, see, I, I, my cafes were in the inner city of Portland. I had one cafe on 19th and Burnside. Okay, this is downtown oh, Portland. I know, right? Where it is. All right, northwest Portland. I, I had, don't even go down there anymore, that, dude. No I don't thanks. either. It's bad. It's, it's sad so to bad. me. Yeah. It, this is my city. I love Portland. Me too. I love, I've, I've, I've love in my heart so deep for Portland is my home. I've traveled all over this world. Mm-hmm. And when I come home from the PDX airport and I'm driving I-84 and I see that, 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 that um, skyline of, mm-hmm. of, of downtown Portland mm-hmm. I, on the way home, I always know I'm home. I, I, yeah. Portland's been home for me everywhere I've ever been. Yeah. And so... Um, to well, now watch you know, it. Now you can recognize it by the amount of homeless people that are, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, are pitching yeah. up tents across the city. Yeah. So sad. Yeah, now it's, now it's home, homeless to the homeless drug-addicted population from yeah. around the country. They yep, come here. Is. This yeah. is the Mecca. Yeah, and they're not even from here. None of them. Yeah, so sad. Very Unbelievable. few. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bad leadership. It's, 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 
you know, it's, it's more than bad leadership. It's evil leadership. Yes. They know what they're doing. These people I've realized through the fight that I've been in since 2020, because I stood up for my businesses and I stood up for the, everyone else's businesses and I stood up for our constitutional rights. I stood up for our freedom of speech. I stood up for our Second Amendment. I've stood up for all of them since then, right? Because we, we I would not shut up. And my wife would say, Ben, what are you doing? Why are you on the news? <laughs> They're calling you a proud boy. And I'm like, I'm a proud man. And I'm not a proud, right? So I didn't even know what they were. This is how naive I was. I just knew that when I said, no, you can come in. I'm going to violate the state's order. I'm going I'm, I'm to do it willfully to receive my fines, but I'm going to sell lattes and make a stand. And, and my staff quit and people went, you know, went off against me and they called me a racist. And I thought was, that was the most uh, bizarre well, thing because the that's world. the default, right? Yeah. If you can't make a good argument for our position, then the default is you're a racist. You're, you're, you're something. I'm a yeah, homophobe yeah, and a yeah, racist. Yeah. And my friends who are gay were like, Ben, what's going on, man? And my black friends I grew up with were like, Ben, what's going on? Why are they calling you a racist? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Can you tell me? <laughs> like, I don't know. And they're yeah, all like well, they, for different states. They and don't need a reason. And that's no. we've seen this all over the country, right? This is the 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 end result of a terrible system of education that has not taught mm. young people to think. It's only taught them to label people. So as soon as you reach the end of your argument, then now you start labeling people because you can no longer stand on your own two feet. And that's how it goes. It's a system of indoctrination, it not is. education. Yeah. And and you can well, see they're that. not educating you, as my friend Sam Sorbo says, they're schooling you. They are. Yeah. There's they're training difference. you. They're yes. conditioning you. They're, yeah. they're indoctrinating you. And you can tell when someone's indoctrinated because when you ask them or point something out that's very easily observable and, 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 and logical, their heads explode and they run around screaming like a chicken <laughs> right. with their head cut so off. so true. And that's what happens Start when someone's Start crying. Been... Now they're telling you words are violence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, silence was violence. Then silence words were violence. Sounds like, y'all got to make up your mind. Well, Someone on Instagram, like, y'all got to make up your mind. stones will break my bones, you know, but words will never hurt me, which obviously isn't true because words can do a lot of damage. Yeah. But this idea that words are violence, no, we should be able to say what we need to say. And, and they, they're not even talking about real violence. They're talking mm -hmm. about ideological violence. They're mm -hmm. talking about an idea that doesn't align with their idea suddenly makes it a violent idea. Well, boy, that's dangerous thinking in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's communism. It's Marxism. It exactly. is. It's Marxism, communism. And that's what happened. So words did hurt me. So my wife and I lost a million dollars in assets. We had a two-year-old business that was in the negative. We didn't start it from fresh. We, we took it on with 300K debt. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we built it up to a million-dollar asset. And it, we lost. It's gone. Mm -hmm. We took EIDL. We're still paying on EIDL loans that we thought, okay, Trump said three months, two and a half months. Oregon left businesses under lockdown for two and a half years. It's criminal. It's so criminal. Yeah. They yeah, destroyed yeah. the value of our property. And I hope to sue the state of Oregon for Good. Fifth Amendment taking, which, which we're, we're working on. We have mm -hmm. a lot of suits. But what happened, which was really crazy, is I came off the bench, right? I love I came, it. I came off the bench and I said, I am all by myself. In fact, I'll tell you the story. It was about two in the morning. I was under a mental crisis. It was, it was, uh, it was November of 2020. And um, we had lost two of our biggest cafes. We had lost all of our accounts. They had all gone under. We had, we, our, our supply chain was broken. I was in debt with my 5,000 square foot roastery. Like it was $3,000 a month lease payments that were just not getting paid. And we, um, I was in a crisis. Really. My, my father-in-law put $50,000 in that business. My, our closest friends put another 25000 in that business early on. And we couldn't make, that was gone. It was evaporating. And we had $100,000 and all the assets, Terrible right? Terrible feeling. $100,000 yeah. the IDL we owed. 
and we had all this and it was all going away. And I was, I was honestly suicidal, uh, thinking in my head, I was like, I got to stop this. Like, I can't do this. I can't go through this. I don't know. I was in a total crisis. My wife was asleep. Uh, people that I could reach out to weren't answering. It was late 3am. I go down from, from Tualatin. I drive down to Southeast Portland on 20th and Powell where our roastery was in the middle of the night. And I go in there because I was like, I got to do something. And I went in there and I just fell on my knees. And I said, God, I don't know if you can swear on this, but I said, what the F word do you want me to do? And I said over and over, what do you want me to do? That was like my prayer, right? And God said to me, God said, literally, I got this right in my heart. I said, why are you putting yourself through so much to save six jobs when you could walk away from this and go into politics and potentially save hundreds of thousands of jobs or even millions of jobs? Go now. And honest to God, it lifted. And I was able to release myself from that trapping of, of, of this business and the debts and everything. And I had that sense come over me that God's got it. God's got it. It's going to be all right. Right? It's going to be all right. And I decided right then that I was going to wind it down. I was going to walk away. And I was all by myself. And I started Free Organ. <laughs> I started Free Organ in January of 2021. And Free Organ became the largest civil rights group in the state of Oregon within six months. We raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. We brought all the lawsuits against um, the state of Oregon for the vaccine mandates. We, we took Goodwill, Best Buy, and all these other corporate entities for violating people's civil rights, for not serving them because they weren't oh, wearing they, an they experimental medical device, i.e. a mask. Right. And they're in court. And we got most of them to settle. And right now we still have the, the a federal court case going that's based on the Nuremberg Code, a violation of the Nuremberg Code, which the Ninth Circuit Court uh, characterized as juice or um, uh, I think it's like juice, juice codents, juice codents, which is which which means so big that not even so high, so important that not even the U.S. Constitution can match it. Mm. The Nuremberg Code. I was just talking to uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny yesterday. I was on her show and she's coming on this show in just a couple of weeks, but we were, we were kind of trading airspace mm -hmm. and the, the topic of the Nuremberg Code came up and she was saying essentially what you're saying, which is what, ha what we just lived through. I mean, we can never mm -hmm. forget. We can never. never forget. We can never let this happen mm -hmm. again. Uh, I think they use the spirit of fear and what Dr. Tenpenny was saying yesterday, then you could feel it. Anyone who has the spirit of God in them felt it who was paying attention, mm -hmm. that this, this spirit of fear just fell over this country mm -hmm. like a cold, wet blanket. Mm -hmm. The churches failed the test. Oh, the Patriots failed the test. Big people time. that should have been ready weren't ready. Very few mm -hmm. people were ready. And I am hoping, and I, I still pray this every day because I have like a fair amount of PTSD from it, mm -hmm. right? I, I can't stand when I see people in masks because that's a person in bondage. And I, I don't think we're ever going to go to the store again, ever, and not see somebody in a mask. I don't think we're ever mm -hmm. going to get on an airplane and not see someone in a mask. Mm -hmm. It shows you the level of control mm -hmm. that the government asserts over its own people. And that's mm -hmm. not a government with the best interest of the people at heart anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we recognize now on the other side of COVID. I mean, I was just reading. I wonder if it's still up. I should look it up on my phone because I was reading this, these headlines to my husband on the way in uh, this morning. And the headlines in the news are uh, the, the Atlantan wants you to know that the next round of COVID breakouts is on its way. You know, mm -hmm. you should be worried. 
that the world is coming to an end Mm -hmm. because of climate change. And it's just fear, 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 fear. And yet Mm -hmm. God's word says over and over and over again, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. We know that we can't think straight when we're afraid. We know Mm -hmm. we can't make good decisions when we're afraid. And yet everything that we did in COVID was based in fear. Mm-hmm. And look where it got us. Uh, it got we us. can never let it happen again. Where was the article that came out? Remember that opinion piece, that op-ed that was written, you know, the amnesty one, you know, amnesty for COVID. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, yeah, no. All the, all the, yeah. No amnesty. They're like, just let bygones be bygones. No. I hope <laughs> these guys go to prison in the same way <laughs> that I hope the surgeons that are mutilating our young people and castrating our young boys, mm-hmm. I hope they go to prison. Mm-hmm. For what they're doing to our young people 100%. via via the the so-called medical establishment and so-called gender affirming care. Yeah, the medical establishment lost all respect um, and 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 confidence. You know, I love my doctor. My doctor's a cool dude. Like he's the doctor for the Timbers, man. He's a, he's a cool guy. Um, and uh, but but it's it was very fascinating. And he never went too far. He knows where I'm at politically, right? And and I, so I still trust him. I kept him as my doctor. <laughs> but it's it's so crazy to me. That I, I I worked with 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 brilliant medical doctors through Free Oregon that were on our board that yeah. were part of our lawsuits that were brilliant that lost their licenses they had their licenses taken away uh, yeah, for treating too. COVID hundred percent effectively yes yes and, here and, too right here in Vancouver yeah, I hear you and they lost their licenses unbelievable and and so um that's it's why criminal so, it, it's criminal Ugh. and and the the criminality is the, is again it's that bubble right it's it's like we live in a bubble that was created by people who have more power than us yeah. And, and, um, and there's a way out and that way out is ultimately it could be very violent and that's the way out our founding fathers took, right? Mm-hmm. They ultimately said, we're done with this. Bomb. Yeah. Ultimately mm-hmm. resulted in the revolution. And they War. even set it up, right? It's, they they believe they, our founding fathers believe that everybody, every citizen should have an armory at their homes in case they're called back to fight for their freedom. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting to know because <laughs> in Washington state, they wanted a- no bubble. No, they didn't. And in Washington state right now, I know Oregon is doing the same thing in California and a lot of these other mm-hmm. woke states. I mean, they're trying everything they can to take guns away from the citizens, making 100%. it hard to buy a weapon, making it hard to mm-hmm. like now if you're 18 years old, you can't purchase a weapon. We'll send our young men to war. Oh, and they but, but they, they want 16 year olds to vote in Oregon right, for school board elections. Right. So we'll let you vote at 16, but we won't let you defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And to me, this and it comes kind of on the heels of we recognize we're living in a culture now where most people don't know the Constitution Mm -hmm. and they don't understand the rights that have been given to them in the Constitution, the highest law of the land. And I was telling someone just the other day who came into here to the Homeschool Resource Center just panicking over this Mm -hmm. stupid bill that's working its way through the Washington state legislature. And I said, listen, don't panic on this one because. This is going to go all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will strike it down because Mm -hmm. it's unconstitutional. But these people don't care because what they're trying to do is break down the American psyche. What Mm -hmm. they're trying to do is is label the person that wants to be able to defend themselves uh, as, you know, a a kook, you know, somebody who who can't be trusted with a weapon, somebody who's super far right. Mm -hmm. And I find it fascinating because the founding fathers, as you rightly pointed out, had a completely different vision. Mm -hmm. They wanted us to be armed because in the event of a tyrannical government, (laughs) they understood Mm -hmm. that uh, that power corrupts and absolute Mm -hmm. power corrupts. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so they said, hey, take up arms. The government's going to be a lot less likely to uh, try their hand on you guys mm-hmm. if they feel like you might actually be able to defend yourself. And that's now we have Canada. a government. That's exactly right. Boy, poor Canada. 
Anyway. We have 50 million Americans that have assault rifles. Unbelievable. And I call them what a, I call a spade a spade. So when people say this, the, the, the NRA argument that what's well, not an assault rifle? It's a it's a rifle. It's just a basic rifle. No, these are I have AR-15s. Okay, they're assault rifles. High rates of fire. They're very lightweight. They're very accurate. Uh, you could kill a lot of people with these things. That's what they're for. Right. And I'm not giving mine up. Right. <laughs> that's what right? they're for. And we that's what see they're for. now. Let's just be honest and say that's what they're for. That's what they're for. Yeah. And we are guaranteed mm-hmm. to be able to own and possess them by mm-hmm. the Constitution, right? By the God, right to keep God's... and bear arms was yep. given to us by God. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder, you know, as we're and I wanna I wanna there's so many things I'm gonna ask you that I've written down and I wanna be mm-hmm. sure and do it before we run out of time. But I Absolutely. wonder if you know, as people are listening, and I think more and more people now are starting to wake up. You know, mm-hmm. people say, well, I got red-pilled. I don't think it has anything to do with being red-pilled. I think it has everything to do with just going, wait a second. My freedoms are being taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And they're being taken away from me by a Democrat party that's no longer representative of the Democrats of JFK's generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys wouldn't recognize the Democrat party of today. I'd this be is, a Democrat are, if they were JFK was president. These are right? leftists. I mean, mm-hmm. these are leftists. These are ideologues. These are people who have embraced Marxism long ago. Now they're working their way into communism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Rod Dreher on my show, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. And we were talking about his book, Live Not By Lies. And he was going through the genesis mm-hmm. of how a free country it becomes no longer free. Mm-hmm. And we're like in the rabbit hole now. We are. Right? And we're so deep. it's going to take men and women of courage mm-hmm. and men and women of valor to stand up in the face of this thing. And then people who people who are listening to the show, you got to find those people who are willing to stand up and then mm-hmm. back them up. Yep. You got to back them up. I want to talk to you about uh, House Bill 2002 briefly. But before I do that, jump into where I actually first heard about you, which was a video that you put out uh, with your son Mm -hmm. in the, I think you guys were going to basketball practice. Yeah, I was was just, uh, it was like a few weeks ago. Yeah, Yeah. So tell me what was going on. So we're driving, and I'm coaching third grade basketball here, right? I'm a bas- <laughs> my, we're, we're a basketball fan. So you're a stellar basketball player. Yeah, I play ball. I play yeah, ball yeah. today. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I mean, um, you came from Benton. Some white boys can jump. Come on. I can't jump, but I got some moves. <laughs> 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 Trust me. They'll, they'll be like, man, I don't can't jump. Come on. Um, but no, we, we, we have, you know, we, we, we were on the way to basketball. And I didn't get anything from the school. They, even my, 12, my 12-year-old in seventh grade, uh, he, he had a, an opt-out for me brought home. But my third grade son didn't. He's he's just turned nine in February. So he's eight years old and I don't have a, um, uh, I don't have a, uh, you know, nothing there. He goes, dad. And he's just trying to tell me, but he's kind of embarrassed. Well, sure. And I was like, and I honestly, I'm not, I'm not a prude or anything like right, that. Right. I was like, son, just tell me, bud. Like, what are, what yeah, are we talking what's going about going on? And, uh, and then he starts telling me and I'm like, I just had it like in my heart, like put him on, I've never put my kids on my social media before. And so I was like, dude, it's so, it's so, it, it gets really real, okay, when an eight-year-old boy is explaining these things. Because as a parent, and as anyone who knows anyone who's eight, it isn't right. No. They're not there. They're no. just not there. If they were there, it's different. Mm-hmm. They're not there, right? They're not there. Mm-hmm. So They're not there emotionally? They're, they're not, not there mentally, physically. emotionally, physically. They, it, it's out of, they have no Which is exactly why the schools are targeting them. And it's why people yeah. call it grooming. Yeah. Because it wouldn't otherwise be in their mind. You should start saying this. Like, I've been doing this lately. You see this, well, hey, groomer. Like when you say, hey, groomer. Oh, yeah. What's oh. going on? Hey, groomer. You guys yeah. who are pushing this garbage yeah. into the public school systems, you people who are teaching comprehensive sex education to yeah. our eight-year-olds, mm-hmm. hey, groomer, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. No, we do. So so, so that's why my kids are in public school. But what was he telling you? Finish the but story. He start, so he starts telling me about like, 
the 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 uh, the tampons in boys' bathrooms, which was legislation passed last year. Okay? It's unbelievable. You can't make this. Stuff you can't up. make this up. It's nah. whack. It's I mean, some so it's like whack. funny. It's like okay. So I talked to my my stepson, and and you know, there's tampons all over the school, right? They don't stock them anymore because people just pull them out and do terrible things with them, fill them up with ketchup. And right. They're middle school kids and they're elementary school kids. But he's sitting there. He's sitting there in the class, and they're explaining about periods and things like that. And all the kids are in there, and they're boys and girls together. Right. Um, and, 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 um, and my son asked, well, if only girls can have periods and why are tampons in boys bathrooms? Good question. And the teacher didn't answer because she doesn't have an answer. She doesn't have an answer, but she's teaching it. And yeah. I'll tell you, there's, there's a, it's almost like deep state. Okay? Actually, it's not true. She does have an answer. Yeah. But they're too cowardly, just like Ketanji Brown Jackson or Jackson Brown or whatever, the Supreme Court yeah. justice who can't define, can't define what, a what a woman is. Woman is. Come yeah. on. Because she's. She's stupid. She's a leftist. Yeah, it's exactly. She's a coward. She's I, not stupid. She's a coward. T- total coward. Well, yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, I heard this funny meme. It was like God created two genders and Democrats created all the rest. Have you seen that one? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Though. <laughs> I was like totally. Um, and I, I'm okay with people, right? If they if they have something in them, they feel like they're the wrong gender. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, let's diss get you some help. Let's get you some help. But let's yeah. not work. Or let them I help mean, themselves. Gender I, dysphoria I don't know how... is a real thing. Yeah. But the answer to somebody who's struggling with gender dysphoria is not to go along with a delusion and say, yeah, you're right. We can change your DNA. You could be a narwhal whale on Friday if you exactly. want to Exactly. The yeah. problem is, the, the and, and if they want to solve it any way they want to in their adults, yeah. fine. And they have the means to do that, fine, right? right. I, I, I th- Not just fine, like, fine, go be your... Yeah. No, I mean, I encourage you, if you have that issue in your in as an adult and the ability and means to fix it and you are sure that this is the direction you want to go, then I support you, Yeah. okay? But when you go in now, as see, an I institution, don't. yeah, and that's fine. We're different. Uh, Everyone's I mean, different. I'll, support, like I said, I'm I'll support you. I'll support <laughs> you. But I'm not going to support somebody hurting themselves. I'm not going to support no. somebody who's like, if I, I had a friend in anorex, with anorexia when yeah. I was in high school, she looked in the mirror. You know what she saw? She saw a 300-pound woman. That girl was 87 pounds soaking wet. Yep. The problem was in her head. It's in her head. But if I would have said to her, you know what? You're right. You do you. You mm-hmm. do you. Knowing that me telling her that was actually going to harm her in the end. And that's mm-hmm. this, that is what's happening with gender theory. When we tell somebody, you know what? You're a, you're a young man, but you, you, were born, you think you were born in the wrong body. You want to go ahead and pursue being a woman. Mm-hmm. So let's chop off your genitals mm-hmm. and let's do all these horrific surgeries. When you're 14. Right. When you're, but yeah, 14. I mean, it's obviously horrific with children, but it's mm-hmm. horrific all the way along because it's a lie. It's a lie. Let's treat, it's, let's treat yeah. gender dysphoria with compassion. Let's treat it with counseling. Let's treat it with, if you need you know, drugs for depression, whatever, for a while. Let's help you with that. But yeah. to but to foster the lie, to tell the anorexic, mm-hmm. you know what, you go ahead and keep starving yourself. If it makes you feel better, starve yourself until you're dead. There's yeah. no compassion in that. I can totally relate to that, right? So so I totally understand that. And in my case, I'm a little more like, you, 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 you go be you. You know, I'm a Portlander. I'm like, you go be you and whatever. Ride a bike naked. I don't care. Oh, no, no. It, I'm, Portland. I'm from Portland. You got to give me a little Listen, bit. Listen, I'm from Portland too, but I'm not so open-minded. My brains fall out. I don't right. want your naked I'm body driving a bike through my neighborhood. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I'm going to throw an egg at you. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm a Portland native. So how many times in a <laughs> summer night did I look up from an oh, outside restaurant no. and went, oh, my God, they're all naked on oh, bikes. Oh, no, I'll, no, I'll tell you no. this. This is, this is where evil comes in. Evil comes in when we have an institution, our public schools, that are actually training our kids to have gender dysphoria, okay? Yeah. That's what's happening in Oregon schools. That is what's happening in Oregon schools. Yeah. My son is in third grade, and he's talking to me about kids in third grade who claim they are non-binary. Unbelievable. I, have, I had him come home the other day, 
late last week. And he said, I got in trouble today, dad. It was uh, mid- early last week. He goes, I got in trouble today. And I'm like, what happened? And he said, well, uh, my friend, whatever her name was, was saying that she was, um, she was, uh, now, um, she was now, uh, non-binary. She doesn't have a gender. And, and I argued and I said, well, you're a girl. Yeah. Whoa. And, and I, and I, and I, and, <laughs> whoa, dude, and, I mean, girl, you're yeah, a girl, you're a girl. You yeah. can't just decide that you're no longer a girl. Like if you were a cat, you can't just decide you're no longer a cat and not be a cat. Right. He, he says, this. My, my son is smart. He says this stuff. And then the girl gets mad. Teacher comes over and reprimands my son and says, you're wrong. Ugh. You can decide you're not a girl. Stop arguing right now. So I, because this is why I have my, this is why Ugh. I have my kids in public school, because those kids need my kids and, and those teachers and administrators need me. And so first thing I do is I write a letter, email to the, to the principal. And I'm already known in the school district because I got a middle school kid here, okay? <laughs> you walk into my, middle, my, son's, my stepson's middle school, and there's a, there's a glorified f- image of Stacey Abrams. Oh, stop Behind it. Oh, the, no. the, the main office uh, executive, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, desk. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him, why is there a freaking picture of Stacey Abrams. Didn't she lose the election bid for a governor in Georgia? <laughs> like what, why you got her in here? Um, that's not divisive. And so, um, it's, it's, it's whack stuff. I mean, we're, we're talking circus. You, you walk into the middle school. I'm not going to say which ones they are. My, everyone knows my kids are in tiger 12 school district. Right, but there's right. a lot. I'm not going to say which ones they are. I'm going to protect my kids. Uh, cause I get threats on I'm fairly regular and they, they receive threats too. But what I, what I, what, 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 what you walk in there and it's like a, a rainbow circus. Oh, I know. It's terrible. And it's, and it's bizarre. It's weird. Um, it's so weird and so uncomfortable. Not because like, like I've gone down to Stark and when I used to drink, I'd party down there and have fun. And it was all the rainbow flags from the nineties and whatever, early two thousands. And I didn't care. I was having fun and being with whatever people, it doesn't matter to me. Right. But when you go in now, it's like you're walking in and you're seeing uh, a foreign nation's flags all across your kid's school. Right. That's what it feels like. And, and, and you're like, why don't you just have an American flag or nothing? Mm-hmm. Like nothing. Schools need to be neutral, but they're not in Oregon. And I'll tell you what, they are in Florida. Right now, Florida is passing legislation banning gender affirmation care for minors. Mm-hmm. Right now in Oregon, they're passing legislation in House Bill 2002 that is not only making, uh, making it so that minors do not have to tell their parents or get parental consent, but that taxpayers are going to fund gender affirmation care for minors that actually sterilize themselves or yeah. castrate themselves through the guidance of a medical doctor. And those medical doctors are getting paid by taxpayers. So you know what that means? We're paying for it. It's worse than that. <laughs> They're going to be incentivized. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. To yeah. castrate kids yeah. in Oregon. What's well, a billion dollar this industry? Is, yeah, this is the lawyer. This is the lawyer in me. I'm not a lawyer at all, right? I have barely any education. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, the lawyer in me understands it's it's philosophy, right? So when you when you look at these laws and they say um, that 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 these children who are at, at least age 15, they can have you know they're old enough to decide if they want to change their gender. They can go on puberty blockers. They can have their themselves castrated. And the, the medical doctors will, can do it without telling their parents or without getting parental consent. And the government's going to pay them to. Just let that sink in. Right? What happened with COVID, right? When hospitals were bankrupt because they were told they couldn't do any elective surgeries, right? My wife works in aesthetics. So elective surgeries are 90% of how hospitals make their money, right? Implants and other mm-hmm, things, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and new knees and all those are elective. So when that happened, they got paid double 
triple, quadruple for each patient that was COVID positive. What'd that do? It drove up the COVID numbers falsely because you had to, in order to get paid, you, anybody that came through with a sniffle yep. yeah, or a right. broken leg, yeah. you said you had COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You car died accident, car accident, COVID. COVID, right. Yeah, people were making jokes neck, about this, COVID, right? Yeah, right. they're making jokes saying that that's the case. No, they did it so they could not lose their livelihoods that's and their right. businesses Come and on. their stock prices, okay? Yeah. But this is by design, right? This is by design at the federal level. Same thing with our schools, right? They had ESSER funds that would come in. Our schools got billions and billions of dollars in the state of Oregon for forcing mask mandates, for Ugh. making kids learn at home, for, for spreading them out, for teaching CRT and doing all this other stuff, right? So they got all this money. So right now, our Oregon, and, and as they did that, the legislation in Oregon, for example, they brought all the management of the schools and centralized it just like a communist state at the Oregon Department of Education. And one of the things they did, I was involved in this big fight in Newburgh. It was national news where we, we kicked these with people the out. Newburgh board. School Board. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. right on the side. Got... So you working with Suzanne Gallagher. Oh, yeah. All so those she's guys. been on my show several times. Love Suzanne. Yeah. 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 She's, yeah. she's fantastic. She's fire. She endorsed fire. me. She endorsed me for my run, right? You yeah. Know? And, but, but we went into Newburgh naively in 2021 because um, I was like, this is a fight right here. We need to get in. That's free Oregon. We need to get in this. So, so we got all these school boards elected, school board members elected around the state because we were saying these were the, these were the people and we had this big following that. I really didn't even know what to do with, right? We had all these people and, and, um, and we had a we had some big victories. We had some big victories, especially in Newburgh. And then they came back and tried to do all this crazy stuff, right? We ended up winning right now. Newburgh's a seven zero conservative to zero board, right? We're They own it. But what happened was, is the Newburgh, uh, they passed a, 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 um, a rule at, at the Newburgh school district that said that kids could wear whatever they want. If they want a BLM or a rainbow or Donald Trump, whatever, they could wear whatever they want. Faculty and staff, Neutral, no political signage at all. You could have an American flag in your classroom. That's it. Otherwise, not. Well, hello. And then the superintendent, when the board was four three, said, "No, I'm not enforcing that." So, if you understand how school systems work in the in the public school systems, anyway, you've got um, the board of the board who's elected by the people yeah. of, the, of the district, and the board employs one person. That's the superintendent. That's all they employ. That's it. The superintendent employs everybody else, right? So everyone reports ultimately up to the superintendent. The superintendent reports to the board who's elected by the people, the taxpayers, wow. right? So Oregon passed this law. The, the, the guy I ran against, the Democrats in Oregon passed the law. I think it was like um, uh, 1541 or something like that was the House bill number. I got it on my website at benadol.com. Um, but you, they passed a law so that only the Department of Education could fire a superintendent. School boards no longer have the power to fire a superintendent. And they took that democratic process away from every single Oregonian. And that's where it really began. And after that, they run bills like House Bill 2022 that say that, um, you know, every college, every university in the state of Oregon must, must uh, perform abortions if they have a medical clinic on, on, the, uh, on premise. Yeah. So forget if, it, if you're, if you're opposed to it. Forget if you think, hey, this is taking human life. Yep. They're going to force you to do it. It's a shameful time. For the state of Oregon, frankly, it's a shameful time for Washington State as well. But uh, this isn't the end, and I it and I not. think you know, like I like I talked to you about in the last you know few minutes that we have, I want to just remind people that we have to get involved. I mean, obviously, you and I share a lot of things in common. We disagree on some things mm-hmm. as well, but I think the the idea that that we get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, mm-hmm. recognize that these are issues that we should be 
openly discussing. Mm-hmm. You don't shut down somebody's point of view. You listen to them mm-hmm. and then you share your argument and hopefully the best ideas went out. Hopefully. hopefully we have we have a good exchange, a good free flow of ideas, but that's not what we're promoting in our college campuses anymore. That's I mean, you saw the I'm sure the headline of the at Stanford where a federal judge was shouted down mm-hmm. by students. These are kids who are going to be tomorrow's lawyers and tomorrow's judges. Don't, don't hire no them. They're going to be a bunch of morons. Yeah, they have no respect for the First Amendment, <laughs> yeah. but yet the faculty director was was mm-hmm. egging them on, encouraging them mm-hmm. to do that. We've got to engage in the process. Mm-hmm. You ran for office last mm-hmm. year, and you didn't make it through your primary there. I, no, I won my primary. You won your primary, but you I, lost in the I general. I lost in the general, right. And you're you're running again, sounds oh, yeah. like. Oh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm, I'm working politics. It's my, it's my calling. I'm doing it. I don't care if I lose every time. I don't care. I'll, I'll run for something different, or I'll just go join the deep state and fight from there. <laughs> Well, the deep state's doing a lot of work right now, not for sure. There's good people and bad people in the deep state. Yeah, but I I do think, you know, we've got to – we lose our voice in the deep mm-hmm. state too. We lose our mm-hmm. voice. We are supposed to have a democratically elected mm-hmm. uh, representative body, which mm-hmm. we have, you know, for a long time. We just kind of went along to get along. I mean, I'm from Oregon. I grew up in Portland. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of let's go along to get along until we realized, hey, the, the LGBTQRS asterisk, you know, mm-hmm. double parentheses, they weren't interested in tolerance. They're interested in total capitulation. And if you don't capitulate completely mm-hmm. – they're going to tear you apart. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. And we've learned a very hard lesson in mm-hmm. all of this. The silence that we thought was going to buy us peace didn't buy us peace. Mm-hmm. And we can no longer be silent. And what nope. you've done is is say, hey, I'm going to get involved. I'm not going to sit down and just sort of let this go anymore. If somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, what would it take for me to run for office? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about running for school board or I'm thinking about running for Congress or a state seat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do they begin to do something like this? People ask me all the time how to get involved and they just don't know where to start. I'll tell you, I didn't know where to start either. So me I either. Right. I started. I'm creating free organ. I knew I wasn't going to get elected by anything in the next week. It needed to happen now. And I created a group that people could join. And we 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 use free organ. We have so many people at free organ leaders and 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 lieutenants and and everybody who have got public office, mm-hmm. who've earned public offices, mm-hmm. or they've earned offices in the party, right? In the party structure. Um, see, as Republicans, we can disagree. We can debate. Mm-hmm. We can have these That's things. right. Yeah. And, and, and we can fight side by side. Like, see, when I came in in 2020, 2021, I was pro-choice to a pretty good degree. Like, I was like, you know, I don't know, like 24 weeks, 30 weeks, whatever. Then, then at some point, it's got to stop, right? Mm-hmm. But now when you realize, like, when I, I learned, I, my, my, people taught me stuff and I learned things and I'm, now I'm like, okay, I get less and less and less and less and less. Yeah. Um, and then again, I, I kind of bring the breaks where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not God. I'm going to let God decide. I'm going to let you and God figure that out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a point where there's, it, it, it still is great to this me. This would be it's a an example. great debate for you and I to have it, it, next be, time you're here. It would be here. really good. Yeah. And it's an example of what debate can do. Yes. Right? I it, agree. It, I grow. When, when I challenge someone to think, they challenge me to think. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to learn more, higher, higher, higher truths, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we do, right? That's what spiritual growth is, right? That's, that's what it's all about, right? See, we are on the side of the light. See, on the side of the dark, the Democrat side right now, and it's just to, to call it what it is. It is what it is. It's the yeah, far left yeah. or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what they they can't we're not even talking about right versus left. We're actually talking about good versus evil now. The, exactly. And, yeah. and right now, evil, the Democrat party is completely hijacked by evil. We kicked a lot of evil out of ours. Like, look at the careers of of Liz Cheney, right? <laughs> right. Look at the careers of these these narcissistic, 
uh, uh, globalists, they're yeah. gone. Yeah. We, we, we did that. We decide when you're a member of a political party, you get to participate in who your leaders are, right? That's the, that's the first step, right? If you don't know where, if you don't know where to go, I don't care if you're a Democrat or liberal, cause I'm liberal. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classical liberal. Okay, that's that's my politics. You're that's, like a Bill Maher liberal who like Bill Maher's to my left kind of doesn't understand yeah. the modern. He's, he's, he's like, I don't understand the modern left. Like, I yeah. actually appreciate. I mean, obviously, I disagree with Bill Maher about a great number of things. Yeah. But I appreciate that he can look at his own party and go, what are you doing? That's our job. Right. Right. That's our job. We did the same thing. We went through this cleansing and they, the left would call us out and say, well, the Republicans are falling apart. They're going to have all this reconstruction. And we're like, we are in the process of reconstruction, right? Trump did that for us. Trump kicked the lid off of the truth for us. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens next, I'm not too worried about. But the reality is, is what Trump did is already done. Like, it's different now, folks. Do you think they're going to arrest him? I hope they don't because God, I'm tired. Of, I'm kind of tired of seeing him in the news. Well, he just never I, left. I just, yeah, I just gonna be like, what? if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to arrest Hunter and you're gonna have to arrest Hillary Clinton. You got to arrest everybody, Bill Clinton, everybody. I mean, th- this is so crazy, right? To build so, a new prison. Just let it go already. <laughs> like, I just want to keep moving forward. And Trump set up a foundation for for a nationalist party, and and they made they try to make nationalism sound really really bad. We should all be nationalists. Every I know, country on this earth is nationalist. Heidi St. John's proud nationalist. I Very love this so. country. I think it's worth fighting for. I think it's worth celebrating. Yes. I think it's worth defending. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth debating over. Uh, 100%. And if if you love the United States of America, if mm-hmm. that makes me a nationalist, then okay. I guess that's the label we want to slap on me. But what they yep. want to say is if you're a nationalist, you're a racist. If you're a nationalist, you're a neo-Nazi. They, which is, they, that's all they can do. Which is, it's a lie. Yeah. Right. It's a lie. Like but so at the many same other time, at the same, very same breath, you're a nationalist this, a nationalist. They have, they have the same exact procedures that they're putting in through the LGBTQ pride flag and the BLM sure. and all these different groups, you have to be, you have to pledge your allegiance to them. When Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland <laughs> in 2020, while our city was burning on yeah. fire, that piece of crap went downtown in front of these riders and bent his knee to the BLM. I remember, I watched while all of our news. business owners were getting crushed. And, and I, I was like, oh my God, you, you should be arrested for that. The guy yeah. just played, the guy put, he put his hand on a Bible and swore an oath to protect the United States Constitution. And then two years later, went down and bent the knee to a terror group. I know it. And that's I what they are. do it. I know and, it. And so it was so great. Even the founders of Portland, I want to say this real quick too, because the founders of BLM in Portland, the, the, the people that brought BLM to the city of Portland, they made it two, three months and yeah. they resigned yeah, because they man, knew it was man. a sham. Yeah. And they didn't say anything. They should have fought harder, but they all quit because they knew it was such a racket. And it is. It's a racket. And so, um, you know, what we're up against is is light and dark in the Democrat side on the left side. There's no debate. There's no questioning. I have when I was running for office, I had Democrats call me out. A hundred plus Democrats call me and say they've never voted for a Republican in their life. They're voting for me. And 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 they and they they had questions about my position on abortion in January 6th. They were very concerned with January 6th. Every one of them asked. And I knew what happened January 6th because my friends like Dave Medina were there and I was watching his lives. Dude, I watched. I know. He was <laughs> me. He told me that the day, FBI came to his house. They did. What the? What in the world? What the heck's going on? No, I know. I, we, so I'll tell you. So it was crazy. So, so all these questions, right? And I, and I was so kid glove with them. But they, all of them also told me that if they asked any questions, they were terrified that they would get canceled, they would lose their business, that they would get fired. They, they, they were so afraid. They wanted to make sure that no one knew that they had talked to me. 
It's fear again. And it made me very sad. It's fear again. And it's sad. I mean, this isn't the country that we grew up in. Nope. It's not the country that our founding fathers gave to us. Nope. And we have an obligation and a responsibility to speak the truth, to get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, and and really just become people who are committed to the truth. And I, I really do appreciate that you are willing, that you would say, hey, I'm willing to have a debate. I'm willing to have a discussion. Uh, because that's the way that we should all look at things, right? And to be able to have conversations. I was just talking to one of our kids the other day saying, hey, someone disagrees with you doesn't make them your enemy. No. Right? But we've been taught that that's what it is, which is the the, the further. Now, there are some, right? There are obviously some deal, deal breakers, mm-hmm. right? But I believe that as we move forward and we continue to have these conversations, they're so important to have. Mm-hmm. We should be able to sit down in a room with someone with whom we disagree and say, hey, let's talk about why we disagree mm-hmm. and let's see if we can change the other person's mind. Or maybe I'm going to get my, my mind changed. But the ideas, the, the free exchange of ideas uh, is very important. And I love what you're doing. I love, uh, I love that, you're, that you're willing to put it all out there and say, hey, I'm going to run for office again. And uh, having having gone mm-hmm. through it once, having run for Congress, it's just it's like uh, my friend Rob McCoy, after I was finished with that run, he was like, man, you just got a Ph.D. in politics. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I learned so much mm-hmm. in the two years that I ran for Congress. And mm-hmm. one of the things that ha- will stick with me forever is that in many cases, the Republican Party is as broken as the Democrat mm-hmm. Party. We've got to uh, we have to know why we believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. If we don't know why we believe it, then we won't be able to stand on those beliefs. 100%. And so. Being able to come together in a room and say, what is it that, you know, what is it that made this nation the greatest mm-hmm. nation on the face of the earth? And how can we promote freedom? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we should all be involved in that fight if we care about if we care about freedom. Mm-hmm. And that really is what's on the line. Where can people find you and how do they find out about your uh, your run? Well, so my website is benedtl.com. My last name is really weird. It's Echo Delta Tango Lima. It's a weird, weird last <laughs> name. But um, it's benedtl.com is my website. Um and uh, I'm on Instagram at Ben underscore Edel and uh, Ben Edel on Twitter and everywhere else. Yeah, and so, people can, a lot of people listening to this are following me on my uh, on my Instagram. So they can scroll down and they'll see that video of yours, how I first that's right. uh, found you. And I, I love that you are exposing what's happening in our public schools because it really is devastating. Uh, and to see what they're doing to our kids is mm-hmm. shameful. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be exposed. And it I'm does. glad. I'm glad that you're uh, that you're in the fight. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a worthwhile mm-hmm. fight. Our kids are worth fighting for. They're 100. They're worth fighting for. And our public schools are worth fighting for. Yeah. And and so I totally love the fact that there's a lot of alternatives being built up. Uh, but our family made a decision. We're going to fight for these schools. And so that's just our choice, right? We, we yeah. love your support. We have so much support, right? And yeah. I, a lot of people go homeschool your kids, homeschool your kids. And I said, no, you know, homeschool your kids, fine. We're fighting for our public schools. Yeah. This is a great discussion. I wish I had more time. It'd be a great today. debate. Yeah. It's a great debate because, because I, I, have, yeah. I have come to believe, and I, I think I used to be more in your camp mm-hmm. on that uh, because we've homeschooled our kids for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, you know, live and let live. But now I'm like, the barn's on fire. The Titanic is sinking. Mm-hmm. At what point do you get the horses out? Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, you know what? My kids don't need to swim through a cesspool every day to get a mediocre education mm-hmm. from people who hate this country. Yeah. You know, at what point do you, cause I, I think the system is broken mm-hmm. at this point. I don't know how you would possibly repair it. However, I agree that there's, that we need good adults, Christian men and women who are at the front lines of this, who care about those kids mm-hmm. in there. I just don't want my kids in there. I frankly don't want your kids in there either, but yeah. I just think it's harming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's harming our kids. I mean, the it Bible is. says that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Mm-hmm. And so you got to ask yourself, who's teaching my kids? I am. Who's teaching my kids. Right. And so that <laughs> yeah. is at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, 
you know, obviously parents make those decisions. Mm -hmm. But I am so encouraged whenever I see, because, you know, 10 years ago, I was talking about this stuff. Eight years ago, I started mm -hmm. talking about transgenderism and everyone's like, that's not a thing. I'm like, no, it it's is a coming. thing. It's a, and it's here now. It's yeah. here now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful to see more and more parents uh, start to call it out and mm -hmm. say, we got to stop this. Mm -hmm. We got to stop this. And so there will always be kids that and for better, for better or for worse, a lot of these kids trapped in a school system mm -hmm. like this. And the people who are pushing these radical agendas and the Marxists who have really taken over the National mm -hmm. Educators Association. Yep. They bank 100%. on that. They're banking on that because they know if I can get these kids indoctrinated at a young age. And we send them off to public university. The public university finishes the mm -hmm. job. Now I got a leftist voter for life. And that's what this is They've about. They've been doing this for 40 to 60 100%. years. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. You know how we fix it? It's real simple. You end mail-in voting. Well, hey, there's an idea. Mm -hmm. Let me know how that works for you. I'm trying here in Washington State. We're it's trying it's, in Oregon, too. It's, it's rough. It's mm -hmm. rough. For those of you who live in states where you don't yet have mail-in voting, you go to fight like crazy. Because once you get it in, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. Very, very hard to get it out. Yep. I'm out of time for today. But Ben Edel, I really appreciate you coming. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. This is straight fire. You know you need to come down here with uh, Medina. Oh yeah, there we go. And you we guys could together. you guys could tear it up. That'd be that'd be great. I had a wonderful conversation uh with David and mm -hmm. so appreciate his stand also. Yeah. Some of the best fighters are coming out of Oregon. Mm -hmm. They're coming because uh Oregon, Washington, California is front lines. Front lines. It's the front lines and uh and warriors are forged on the front lines. So I appreciate you coming in. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. You guys want more information on today's guest, head on over to the show notes. And uh, I'm going to link back to Ben Edel in the show notes today. I appreciate you guys listening. Have the conversations. The conversations are important. And let's move the culture back to a place of common sense and sanity and off and away from the edge. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here again on Monday at the intersection of faith, 